All right. It's been a while. Welcome back to uh, the latest episode, episode 175 of Motor City Uncut, presented by the Major Sports Network Detroit. We're back for the first time since, like, the beginning of November. It's been a while. Yeah, uh, we kind of gone to a new alternating schedule where, uh, you know, we don't necessarily do an episode every week, whether it's content permitting or otherwise. Um, kind of try to keep it fresh here as it's uh, kind of a downtime in uh, Detroit area sports here. And uh, there's only so many times you can say the Lions need to tank, the Tigers are in the middle of tanking, and the Red Wings suck. So, well, and then you got the Pistons too. Um, anyway, long story short, we're back. Um How's everybody been, guys? I mean, Sean, I know you've been uh, on the move, Florida for work. I know, bastard. Um, <laughs> it wasn't even that nice weather. Better than here. You're no, like not the, really. You're like in the middle of the state. Yeah, right? I was in the middle of the state, and um, there's nothing in the middle of no, Florida. In the, the first few days, it was hot. It was like 80, and then it got down to 60. Oh, and then the last day we so... left, it was 45 degrees. Oh, it was. But it killed for 45 degrees here. <laughs> And you know what, the last... And you even got to stay extra long, too. Like an extra, what, three, four days? Uh, yeah. <laughs> You'd much rather be up here. Yes. Much rather be here. You know? Yes. Well, anyway. Then, Adam, you know, your son just had a birthday. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what, he did. Five? Five years old. Heck yeah. Man, I remember when we were, we were doing this... Well, it was actually, what was it, Detroit Sports Edge at that point. Yeah. Um, back when we actually went on, like, a eight- or nine-week hiatus right after mm-hmm. my son was born. Um. That was our first year of business there, so <laughs> we've been doing this for holy cow! I know it's been a while. Going on six years. I mean, fairly. You're getting old, Dorf. You're catching up. <laughs> <laughs> the same rate you guys are aging. Um, yeah. Oh my back! Oh, uh, there we go. <laughs> I, I, am, I am the baby of the podcast, so you youngin. Uh, yeah, you guys aren't that much older. I know we've done this, you know, radio for two topic here forever, but I'm at least five years older than you, so he's at least eight years older than you. What, I, I lost, I lost count. How old I yeah, am? I know, right? You're like what, thirty five? I think so. Okay, well, I'm twenty seven. So. <laughs> yeah, I'm thirty two. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> we're old. Let's get into you here, guys. Um, past when I got past these fingers, I can't. Uh, count Sean, Sean ran out of fingers. You can't count that high no more. <laughs> um, anyway, let's get into it uh, here tonight. Um, there's a lot of uh, talk in Detroit sports media landscape here recently about the merits of the Detroit Lions in tanking. Um, I didn't really have time. I was planning on doing this a uh, little bit at, like lunch today at work. I was going to try and do a little, you know, ten years back. The differences in talent between the seventh uh, and thirteenth pick, where by losing uh, yesterday to the Bills, fourteen to thirteen, they went from pick thirteen to pick number seven overall in the first round of the draft. For today, the difference in talent that you can expect to get between those two slots, uh, I still, if uh, time permitting, will put that together for everybody just so they can see. But that's huge, believe it or not. That that you know six or seven pick swing that took place is a big difference in future value. <laughs> The Lions, believe it or not, are only one game out of pick number three, and I do they cannot get pick number one overall. They would need some tiebreaker, weirdo, goofy magic, I believe, to get to pick number two. Pick number one is currently held by Arizona, who the Lions beat. Mm-hmm. And they would have to, you know, even if Arizona won the last two, they wouldn't have it. They, they have three wins currently. They would get to the Lions five, and the Lions lose the last two. They would have to head-to-head. Also, the Raiders, they do not play head at who the Lions would beat. But um, I believe the Raiders have the Rams left on their schedule, and I, I doubt they'll win them both. That's it. The Raiders play the Broncos and the Chiefs. Yeah, they're not going to win both those. No, nah, the way them. the Broncos play. Well, who knows what Broncos team will show up. And they got night. them at home. Yeah, maybe. Lions could potentially, add, you know, now that we've worked that out there. Could potentially get the number two overall pick, although likely all likelihood they'll probably stay about where they are because there is between number two and them, like we said, like five picks in between. So mm-hmm. four or five teams that are also kind of the same boat. So that being said, um, they've got the Vikings and the the Packers to close out the season. I believe those are both home. Games. No, uh, home for Vikings away for Packers. They gotta go to Lambeau. So they always yep. play last game of the season in Lambeau. Yeah. It seems like that. Yeah. <laughs> hey, we want to give the 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 Packers a snow game. And fuck the. Well, line. we beat them last year. I should think they beat them two out of the last three years yeah. there. But anyway, um, 
There's no guarantees too that uh, Aaron Rodgers is playing, playing that right, game. Right, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, although, you know, it wouldn't be up to necessarily a head coach that's essentially on an extended tryout for the permanent job that means Joe Philbin, uh, who's already been a failed head coach himself. Yeah, and he Miami. won't be. Yeah, he no, won't be that. He won't be the now. guy. But at the same time, he could potentially be trying out for other teams. Um, if it was up to him, I'm sure Aaron plays. Mm-hmm. But uh, you know, job as a general manager. They've got a weird structure there now. Believe it or not, the general manager is not over the organizational hierarchy, over the head coach. Oh, really? The team president slash chairman of the board or whatever is actually the guy that the head coach reports to. Huh. That's weird. weird. Yeah, is, I, I, I forgot where I read that, but I believe it was on ESPN some, not too long ago. It was actually in a hypothetical if they fire Mike McCarthy article where I read that. But yeah, their organizational structure is a little goofy. And that was changed with the the new chairman of the board that came in and also at the same time as the new general manager. It's not a linear structure from head coach on up to ownership. So hmm. who knows <laughs> what goes on there? So, I mean, you know, does the general manager really have any power in this scenario because uh, – he doesn't actually. He's not actually the boss. I can't. Ass- I can't assume though that a an interim head coach will take over. Oh, is, yeah. is going to is going to have much power over the team right here and now. I'm sure that structure is a little. Yeah, the head coach reports right to the president. Well, well, really, it's the Packers. It's whatever Aaron Rodgers says. Who does he well, want? It's, yeah, it's, it's whoever he Aaron wants. Aaron Rodgers' pride, I'm sure, is going to want to play, but at the same time. I think that's the reason that Mike McCarthy and Aaron Rodgers didn't really get along is because Aaron Rodgers figured he was, you know, the NBA type superstar where he'd mm-hmm. essentially be the de facto general manager, much in the same way that uh, like Peyton Manning was his mm-hmm. time in, in uh, Indianapolis, where, you know, but if you believe what you're told, if Peyton Manning didn't like the way you smiled at him in the morning, he'd have your ass on the street, you know, by that afternoon, because. Mm-hmm. You know, he was the offensive coordinator, the head coach, and the general manager. You know what, though? I'm so, and he, Aaron Rodgers, by all means, has the, the talent to do that. But at the same time, Peyton Manning's pretty unique. I'm okay yeah. with that, though. I am. I think that there's, and I know this may be a, a topic for another show or another day, but I'm okay with a quarterback having that type of power. When you think about all of Ultimately, sports, he runs the all, team. Of, all of sports, when you think of all of sports, Quarterback is arguably the most important position out of any position out of any major sport in the, the world. The only argument you can really have would be like number one scoring option in basketball. Yeah, like a LeBron James. Yeah, right. Yeah, Kobe Bryant. But well, I, and if I you mean, believe the reports about specifically like LeBron James, like apparently Luke Walton calls plays from the sideline, that Brandon ignores him, calls something else, and that's just the way they do it, and everybody's okay with it. Well, I mean, <laughs> I mean, ironically yeah. enough, they were both drafted the same year too. I think. Really? Yeah, I, I think know. that's that's crazy. And I I don't know. I mean, it's there's certain guys you would think that can reel in a LeBron James or somebody that he would listen to mm-hmm. in the NBA. But at the same time, you don't want to you don't want you know a pansy yes man to be brought in there either. No, you don't. But I I was just saying though. I mean, from you know from the standpoint of having a player call, you know, not just plays but organizational um, roster decisions. Roster yeah. decisions. Yeah, I would say quarterback. If you're the top, if you're a top of the line quarterback in the NFL, now, how many guys? Yeah, how many guys would you bestow that? responsibility upon i mean is it is it like drew Brees in the entirety of the nfl in the entirety of the nfl how many guys you currently would you say that would have the are a veterans and b have that kind of clout drew Brees, okay. aaron Rodgers, drew Brees, aaron Rodgers. look you know what well, tom brady Phil rivers maybe tom brady yeah phil rivers i would just say yes to phil ben rivers roethlisberger no not ben no well, no it obviously no. hasn't happened although he he, he does his best to put Guys on blast in his weekly radio appearance. You know, what? maybe, may, um, maybe unpopular opinion, Matthew Stafford. Maybe he's he given, has to. He's been given that, but uh, undeservingly so. Yeah, maybe. I think. Maybe yeah, I mean, it's. I mean, but in some certain ways too, wouldn't you want your quarterback to be 
in on those discussions when it, when it comes not necessarily defensive personnel but sure. offensive personnel absolutely. offensive personnel yeah i mean wouldn't you want i mean I, and this and this goes along the lines too of okay you're not going to have a rookie quarterback in there necessarily you're not going to mm-hmm. have a second stringer in there you're not going to have a guy in there who's not part of the long-term plans of the organization I mean, but and, and, yeah, and, you're not going to have like, for example, like when the when the Jets resigned Josh McCown this year, you're not going to yeah. give that to him. But in I mean, but in but in every sense of the matter, I mean, wouldn't you want your 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 starting quarterback in there with when it comes to personnel decisions for your offense? It, oh, absolutely. If your quarterback is making over a hundred million dollars in the contract, he should be making the play calls. I mean, would you give Kirk Cousins that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I, I would. would. I would. Yeah. Absolutely. If he's notice, as soon as uh, John DeFilippo gets relieved of his duties, they drop a forty spot. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> now, by no means are the Dolphins a solid team, but still, it's forty points in an NFL game. Yeah. I wonder if everybody calling for his head will uh, STFU and retire <laughs> back to the uh, retire back to the bleachers here. So, anyway, let's go back to the lines here. Um, Guys, I understand the whole frustration with the Lions. You know, well, Tanky hasn't done anything for him before, and oh, well, you know, no difference here. Same old Lions, yada yada, et cetera, et cetera. I understand that. However, there's a pretty tried and true formula in today's NFL about how to build a winner, and the Lions have tried to cut corners and been cheap with that, and not been able to necessarily burn it down to the ground and start over. Unfortunately, most NFL teams at the point where Matt Stafford would have signed his two contracts ago, mm-hmm. if they weren't already you know, rising towards that peak as a team, mm-hmm. they would have let Stafford walk and they would have burned it down again and started over because mm-hmm. it didn't work this iteration. We've got to try again. But instead, you gave a guy a bazillion-dollar contract who's never done anything. And now you're stuck in this perpetual state of just being kind of, kind of okay. And that's where you're going to continue to be, unless, of course, you get fucking lucky as hell in the draft. Get hit huge on a couple reclamation projects and have, you know, just absolute top-notch coaching. You need to find Sean McVay Part 2 as an offensive coordinator and you would have to, well, they've got, what, eight draft picks coming up? Mm-hmm. You'd have to find six day one starters, quality starters, in that draft. And, you know, the best general managers and organizations in all of football don't do that. You're not going to, I mean, you, you're going to have to have, like, I mean, if you look at, like, this draft success that, like, the Bears have had recently in the Colts, you'd need to be able to do that for back-to-back-to-back years. Mm-hmm. To get where you are. I mean, like, you look at look at the Bears, for example. I mean, their, their last couple first-round picks, Leonard Floyd, stud. Roquan Smith, stud. I mean, they found great value in, like, an Eddie Goldman. I believe he was a late first or early second-round pick. Stud. Eddie Jackson, arguably the best safety in football. He was a fourth-round pick last year. He's the best safety in football. you got to be able to find guys like that. Instead, your fourth-round picks are Miles Killebrew, who barely plays on special teams. Mm-hmm. Michael Roberts is a dud. Mm-hmm. And Deshaun Hand, who's been a nice rookie. Yeah, he's been okay this year. He's been a nice situational pass rusher. And you see, which is great. That's that's good progress for a mid round rookie year player. However, Deshaun Hand needs to come out next year, start every game, and mm-hmm. get you twelve sacks. The proof is in the pudding too, because the Bears finished last last year in the NFC yeah. North, and now they're and and look where they division are. Division is clinched. Look at the teams that are having great, great, great success right now. Rams. Quarterback on rookie deal. The Chiefs, QB on rookie deal. Bears, Bears, QB QB on rookie rookie deal. deal. Who else? Chargers. Phillip Rivers doesn't make anywhere near top QB money. Good value there. Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Watson. Texans. Quarterback on rookie deal. Philip Rivers needs that deal too because he's a uh, he's getting rid of his ninth kid I think. Yeah. <laughs> hey, he's been faithfully married to the same woman, and uh, they like uh, they like uh, reproducing. They like reproducing. They like they like uh, loves kids. Man, yeah, loves, loves kids. kids. Or, he, or doesn't like condoms. One of the two. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, if you actually talk about it, he's like, oh yeah, love kids, man. All right. No, All right. Maybe he does. Good for him. Yeah. 
It's crazy, but good for him. <laughs> anyway, I, just if you look up and down the standings, I mean, look at the last Super Bowl champion. Eagles, yeah. quarterback and a rookie deal. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you guys. Like, Tom Brady, is he, he breaks the mold. And yeah, and he breaks the mold for a lot of things, too. Drew, so Tom Brady isn't even a fair comparison to make in those instances. And Drew Brees may be the only other exception. And even then, they haven't... What was the last time the Saints actually won anything? I think that's I think that's that that's a testament though to to mm-hmm. just how good Drew Brees is. Yeah, because mm-hmm. like, Drew Brees. If you, is and it. also, if you look at the the Saints' offense, the only guys like you got some offensive linemen that are on second contracts and Mark Ingram, but all your other skill guys are on rookie deals. Mm-hmm. The problem, like I mean, you're getting umpteen times more production than what he's paid on Alvin Kamara. Oh, yeah. You're getting Michael Thomas as a top five receiver in the league. He's still on his rookie contract. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, you've got both your, your guard, your left guard still on his rookie contract. I mean, you gave your left tackle a big extension. Your center is a veteran on a second or third contract. Your yeah, right you're... guard's on a third contract. Mm-hmm. And your right tackle's on a rookie deal still. And he's damn good. But honestly, man, like, you have to get great value like that. And. The Lions haven't shown the ability to do that. Well, that's well, that's the thing too, Dorf. Is as I see it in the show notes here too that you know you 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 wonder how much you can really blame Matthew Stafford and all this. And I know honestly, pe- like who's I know, he had to throw it. To I know, him? I know people are gonna are gonna be like, well, here we go again. You know, making excuses for Matthew Stafford. If Stafford was that good. He should be able to create these receivers. Well, well he 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 should, but your scheme sucks. Your offensive coordinators mm-hmm. are dunce, and uh, that's been evident for a year and a half. Uh-huh. Uh, your scheme is stale. Your Jesus play- Christ, and that's a thing too, Dorf, is they haven't had a a good offensive coordinator in here since I was probably five. I don't know. I can't. I can't. The, I, the early Scott Linehan years. Yeah, yeah. Scott Linehan had a little bit of success. Scott Lin- was it Scott Linehan and John Kitna? <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. Those two didn't overlap, but. Like the first year or two under Scott Linehan. Yeah, but it, but it, but you, it's it's written right here. Kenny Galladay, like you said, never will never see a double co- or a single coverage. T.J. Jones, not a good player, not a good player. He would be a bad fourth. I mean, he's a guy that doesn't dress most days or doesn't play offense, play special teams yeah. for most teams. Um, like go around, go go around the division. Where is T.J. Jones on the roster for the Vikings? No, he is. He's the only the Bears. The only roster here, I think, he would even make would be Arizona and uh, Oakland. Probably maybe Tampa too, but I don't think he would make Tampa. Good debate about that. I mean, maybe Jackson. Probably Jacksonville. But at the same time, it's it's not a guy that you're going to have a bunch of teams fighting over, as evidenced by they didn't tender him a contract last year, and then he just resigned. He had the ability to go away, and he didn't. Mm-hmm. Andy Jones. Who the flip is Andy Jones? You can say fuck. It's okay. I'm, tr- I'm not trying to. <laughs> Honestly, uh, even hardcore fans out there, I-, I bet you you couldn't tell me who Andy Jones was. I walked into I know, the studio I'm tonight. <laughs> I walked into the studio tonight to Sean looking up Andy Jones because you know, I would I had that the who the hell is Andy Jones on the show notes. And, guys, he's been on the roster all year. He was started the year on the pup list. And, mm-hmm. oh, by the way, this was probably his first catch. Yeah, these were his first catches. He got in the end zone. He was the – well, he was scored one of the two touchdowns. His yeah. first touchdown is a pro. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, I don't – But I mean, and then you got Bruce Ellington, who was obviously not – you know, yeah, he's not healthy. He was a mm-hmm. decent pr- – decently productive. That's the like, thing. Nobody is healthy. Third player as a as – a, Texan, but in a 49er, but at the same time, he's a guy in his fourth NFL season on his third team. Mm-hmm. There's a reason, well, A, he can't, his hamstrings are made of glass, or his lack thereof hamstrings, apparently. Mm-hmm. I believe the story about I think it. they're made of rubber bands now. I can't even give that much credit. <laughs> Use chewing gum. Yeah. And see, that's the thing, is like, with... with oh, by the way, who's Levine Toilolo? <laughs> the dude, like, didn't catch a pass in Atlanta. That's yeah. how bad he was, and he mm-hmm. took him as a cast-off. He was brought in as a blocking tight end. He can't block! It's hilarious! 
Oh, and oh, by the way, Carry On Johnson doesn't play. Right, that's what no. I'm saying. That hurts. That hurts it too. Where in that instance, if, if Johnson was playing, you could put Theo Riddick split out, and that would help out something. But nope, let's just keep running up the middle with Theo Riddick. And you, and your offensive line is more of a finesse group, especially now with the team yeah. Lang hurt mm-hmm. and Frank Ragnow. Teams have started to veteran defensive tackles have started to eat him alive. Yes, you can't play. You know. Big ball sack. We're gonna run it right at you, football anymore, which makes Legarrette Blunt useless. Mm-hmm. I mean, Kenny Wiggins, bless his heart, he's a giant human being. He just doesn't drive anybody off the ball. I mean, but he's the best of what you got, and that's that's okay. I mean, you're, you're getting more than what you paid for out of Kenny Wiggins, and that's fine. Mm-hmm. But guys, this is not a it's not a quality collection of characters. We all we already knew at the beginning of the year, especially if you looked at like the win projections from the advanced metrics guys at the beginning of the year. This was a team that wasn't supremely talented. They don't have a lot of guys outside of like a Kenny Galladay, which was all still just like untapped potential that was having an offensively monster year as a young player. I mean, they've got they got good value for Golden Tate. He's been a bum in Philly. Mm-hmm. Philly's barely used him. Barely yeah. touched him. Mm-hmm. And it's because their offense wasn't isn't designed to take advantage of what he does best. But you mm-hmm. know what? They got a they, they got, got a third, pick. They got a third pick yeah. out of it. I'll that take was it. you got a third round pick again. Oh, by the way, that you traded away your third round pick for this upcoming draft for Sean Hand. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Lions won that. Yeah, Lions Absolutely. won that trade because they're not. Marvin Jones got hurt. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Shit happens. Which brings us to um, the next point here, too, Dorf, is how you succeed in the NFL. I mean, just look at, <laughs> uh, uh, yes, the Browns haven't won anything yet. They're only a year removed from 0-16. I understand that. But you know what, though? Mediocrity at this point for the Browns is Guys, a success. Mm-hmm. They are still in the playoff hunt. <laughs> I know. That's they are not, not some, technically eliminated that's yet. Not some, that's not something you can say for the Detroit Lions right they now. They have an exciting young quarterback. Yep. Their defense is loaded. they got an exciting running back, too, with Chubbs. And, and they're, you know what? They've stockpiled high picks, high picks, mm-hmm. high picks. That They're going to have a bunch of premium in-prime talent that they don't have to pay for yet. And you know mm-hmm. what? That head, that head coaching job this offseason is going to be, be coveted. It's going to be coveted. You will have... <laughs> It will not be you. You'll not be getting the this year's version of Hugh Jackson again. No, you won't. No, because he'll be coaching in Cincinnati. <laughs> uh, God. What are him and Marvin Lewis on Cincinnati ownership? I swear. Did you hear? Did you hear the rumors surrounding that Hugh Jackson or Hugh Jackson takes over as head coach and then Marvin Lewis moves up to the front office? Uh, <laughs> I think the Cincinnati Dude, Bengals like, are going to be. What disparaging information? I don't about know Cincinnati ownership. Anyway, just like. And another one, another good example to look at currently on its way up is the Colts. Yes, I mean, they're on Andrew Luck's second contract. But at the same time, outside of Andrew Luck, they burn that shit to the ground. And you know what, too? That, you know what? That's, that's, that's a good example to bring up, though, too, Dorf, because what was his name? And the Bears, too, is another great example. I was going to say, Ryan Grigson, is that his, was that his name? Yes. I mean, he was he was right up there with Matt Millen as being one of the worst, worst general, general managers, managers ever mm-hmm. ever in the NFL. And unlike the Lions, the Colts were able to recover from that historically bad front office that they had. I mean, that's when they were going out there and signing guys like uh, like Frank Gore to contracts. And well, and you know, um, what? you got more than your value's worth out of Frank Gore, but it's the same. Pick another guy. Yeah, you know? who mm-hmm. they who was a who was that other guy they signed from uh, the Texans? Wide receiver. You're talking about the Colts? Andre Johnson. Andre Johnson. Oh, yeah. Andre, yeah. I mean, they go and they sign him. You know, at the end of his career, they just went out and handed a bunch of money to a bunch of guys who were you know well past their primes on their last leg, and they expected to do something out of that. Um, and they didn't, obviously. But the Colts did a very, very nice job getting away from that mentality, getting away from that that poisonous, just god-awful front office that was led by Ryan Grigson at the time and turn it around. I mean, we thought that we thought that Andrew Luck was dead in the water. Mm-hmm. We, yeah. thought that, that we thought that, 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 that the organization all, was going nowhere. All and, of a sudden, I mean, they've hit on a bunch of consecutive great draft picks. I mean, Andrew, Andrew Luck, Luck went at yeah. one point like four weeks without taking a QB hit. Mm-hmm. He could talk like this is the Andrew Luck that was like, oh my god, his career's over because he's broken in half. Yeah. To he get hit for a month. 
Mm-hmm. And oh, by the way, he actually has more offensive stats than Drew Brees this year. Yeah. He's actually statistically a better quarterback than Drew Brees. Mm-hmm. He has this more is... passing yards and more touchdowns. More touchdowns. He leads the league yeah. in both. Mm-hmm. No, he doesn't. He doesn't lead the league in yards? No, he's not even close. Patrick Mahomes. Oh, sorry. He has like almost a thousand more. Sorry, Mahomes has <laughs> Mahomes has the most in everything, but yes. he's like second. Okay, yeah, no, well, yeah, well, Andrew Luck is in second with passing touchdowns, and he is in second or third yards. No, he is the tied in seventh. Okay, well, Patrick Mahomes is putting up video game. Numbers. Yeah, I know exactly. <laughs> yeah, the Chiefs also have a hundred points more scored this year than anybody else. Yeah, but, yeah. you know, whatever. Anyway, I, the same thing with the Chiefs. They kind of did it right too. They, I mean, they've. <laughs> They were good. At the same time, they were able to, with a, an established quarterback, they didn't just take a QB in the first round. They traded up mm-hmm. in the first round with a guy still under contract. With years remaining, they traded up for Pat Mahomes. Pat Mahomes, who was raw as fuck, by the way, when they did it. And they've seemingly, you know, hit the jackpot. Where's he out of Texas Tech? Yes. Mm-hmm. Just absolute, you know, but at the same time, you've got the Lions and other teams like the Lions, the Bucks, Miami, and even to the Jets to some. Well, the Jets have kind of burned it down recently, but other teams that refuse to even try. And then you, but you also have teams like the, where this doesn't work out, like the Bills and the Jags, where they've been for a while and they've tried to burn it down. I mean, look. The Bills have had how many different incarnations of quarterback recently? I mean, they tried the Tyler Taylor experience. They've done, you know, I mean, they just drafted Josh Allen, who looks like he might be some. You know, he's never going to be the guy that's going to lead the league in passing. He's going to be pretty, but could he be Cam Newton part two? Absolutely. You're talking to of, of you know a couple of perhaps but you the most- have no chance. I was going to say become a Chiefs or a Bears or a Browns yeah. or a Colts if you don't. Start over. We were talking about two of the most disappointing, arguably the most disappointing teams this season, too. The Bills and well, the Jags well, coming the, off of. The, well, the Bills were supposed to be bad. I mean, they, they had no they had no talent. I mean, the, yeah. the, the roster's talentless, but they, they're at the middle of their bottom out. And that's okay. I mean, they're still two or three years away. From, I mean, at the same time, another perfect example of this, to like this year, is the Cowboys. The Cowboys have never bottomed out. Now... They've acquired some very top-level draft assets by trading up recklessly, you could argue, and trading draft picks away like they're free. I mean, Amari Cooper's worked out great this year, but are you fucking yourself for the next half decade? The Cowboys are such a wild card, though. They're such. I mean, they traded up. I mean, they traded up like fifteen spots to get Zeke Elliott. Yeah, yeah. You, the cow. It's 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 almost not fair to bring the Cowboys into any comparison. But at the same time, what have they won? Nothing. They haven't won anything. Yeah. We talked about this before. They haven't won anything since the nineties. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And but what they gave up for Cooper. But they're they're such it's such a weird team that's that that Jerry Jones runs there, and it's because of Jerry Jones. You can never put your finger on exactly what they're doing just because you never know what Jerry Jones is going to do tomorrow or next week or next month or next year because he's just so out there. He's so out there. He, he's, he, he doesn't make good decisions. Um, Dak Prescott's not a good quarterback. No, he's not. Uh, and <clears throat> they've got a nice running back. They've got a couple of nice pieces there, but that's it. I mean, it's you can't put your finger on the Dallas Cowboys because because one minute it seems like they're cap- taking a couple of steps forward, the next week they're taking a couple of more steps back. Well, and you look at like Tampa, they bottomed out. Uh, Tennessee mm-hmm. is another good example. Yeah, they, they bottomed out. Yeah, they bottomed out, and then Derrick Henry finally starts picking up. Well, it's not even necessarily Derrick Henry, but I mean they they sucked for Marcus Mariota, and that's okay. And you know what they've. Marcus Mariota will never be a top five quarterback no. in this league, but he's a guy you can win with. Mm-hmm. And they've loaded up everywhere else. I mean, you could arguably say they're still like a outside skill position player away, whether it's a slot receiver to go with Corey Davis or whatever. They're a, they're a one solid, not even great offseason away from being offensively damn good, and their defense is already pretty damn good. Like. <laughs> They've done it right. They will be at their apex here very shortly. Houston, another team has done it right. Mm-hmm. I mean, they sucked for a good long time, but you know what? They stuck with a plan. They found their QB. They traded up for a guy. And oh, by the way, they still maintain generational talent up front with Jadavian Clowney and J.J. Watt. Mm-hmm. 
I, guys, I, I hate to say it, guy, Lions fans, it's got to get worse before it get better. And unfortunately, with the financial ramification, Matt Stafford's contract is two years before he can do anything. He's around for a couple more years. Now, that doesn't preclude you from taking a QB this year. This is just a shitty year to need a QB. But then you don't do it. Then you don't do it. <laughs> yeah. You do it next year. But yeah. anywho, anything else, guys, about the Lions? Mm-mm. Moving on. All right. Tiger. Oh, one, one other thing. Sure. Can we can we stop with the bring Jim Caldwell back and making the comparisons oh, to Jim oh, Caldwell God. last year? Just first off, no NFL coach ever gets Billy Martin to where he yeah. manages every other year forever. You get you know, every, yeah, I do. Every, every, if Jim Caldwell was any good, he'd be employed right now. He'd be yeah. employed right now. You know what Jim Caldwell's doing right now? Sitting on his couch. Kind of. You know what he's doing? He's consulting the XFL right now. That's what Jim Caldwell is doing. <laughs> Jim, here's 25 grand. Come to a couple meetings. Yes, that's what Jim Caldwell is doing. And you know what? He, he very well could have a job in the XFL when that league starts sure. and is up for a year. But stop the comparisons with Jim Caldwell. Jim Caldwell was getting his team nowhere. Mm-hmm. What you saw from Jim Caldwell, the the, the playoff appearances oh, and, the, the way, and, and, well, and getting ousted in the first round, that is the extent of what you would see with Jim Caldwell. Got a pretty sick burn here, though. If, if uh, Jim Caldwell was uh, on the Patriots staff, I think they would have been uh, ready to expect that passing a back and forth kind of stuff with their loss to Miami. Oh, they man. were set up at Hail Mary defense from 80 yards away. <laughs> <laughs> and Rob Gronkowski, of course, can't make a... A change of direction on a dime, and he gets beat to the corner. Oh gosh, that's that was that was awful. Because, you know, they, because they thought Ryan fucking Tannehill could throw it eighty yards in the air. Ha! <laughs> <laughs> uh, Let alone the Miami offensive line block long enough for guys to run eighty yards. <laughs> that's it. Yes. Anyway. Okay. Anything else, Trevor? <laughs> All right. Tigers. Kind of left the winter meetings here with kind of just a whimper, and that's okay. You, you know, I, I'm like. I thought Please was, don't try and sell me Jordy Mercer as a, a no, 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 no. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the pitching that we got. I'm a, I'm happy about oh. that. What, you, what else are you going to expect? I mean, Tyson better Ross than was one of the worst qualified starters in the NL last It's a one-year year deal. We got them all super cheap, and then the oh, trade deadline. I, I don't disagree. but it's That's just why like, I'm excited about it. I'm not excited to say, oh, we got to sign these guys, and they're going to win, make no. us win. Tyson Ross three years ago? Woohoo! Matt Moore three years ago? Oh, yeah. This year? I mean, the reclamation projects. And you look at your two reclamation projects you signed last year. Francisco Liriano didn't work out. Couldn't stay healthy. It's probably what Tyson Ross is going to do. And, you know, Mike Fires, you got something for him. Yeah, that's what I'm hoping for. That's all I'm hoping for. By the way, he pitched for a playoff team down the stretch and won him some big games. Mm -hmm. And you got a a acceptable trade package for him. Mm -hmm. Guys, I mean, they, they... they got Jordy Mercer, former shortstop of the uh, Pirates. Pirates. Um, actually, if you do like a pretty a blind statistical comparison, he's like Ian Kinsler, or not Ian Kinsler, uh, Jose Iglesias, except taller. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that is good defensively. Jose Iglesias really isn't that good defensively. Well, he's not gonna. He's not gonna make. He's those. not as. He's not as flashy as Jose. Yeah, Iglesias. potentially flashy. I don't. I would even argue Jose Iglesias is flashy. He just was too stubborn to play in good position. <laughs> This is why he always sucked getting the balls up the middle. He's a bridge guy. That's what he is. Yeah, he's a one year. He's a one year deal. He's a bridge guy to try to get you to that next guy because we talked about it last week. Dorf, their Tigers don't have anybody in the system right now. No, it's Jordy Mercer is going to have ready. an OPS in the low high sixes, uh-huh. low sevens. He's going to play pretty much every day, and he's not going to kill you on defense. And uh-huh. and that's that's fine. The dude's been a like a five year starter in Pittsburgh, and that's it's okay. That's it? Yeah. He's going to get the job done for sure. I'm sure he doesn't cost any money. No. And I, w- I would be willing to put a bet on it right now, just looking at the shortstop market this offseason. Jose Iglesias doesn't have a job into February. Oh, I, I bet. Into February, he will be unsigned. Mm-hmm. He will either take a minor league deal, or somebody's going to have to get hurt for him to find a job. Ouch. It's not good. Yeah. There's no team. The only teams out there that really, really need a shortstop, Yankees, more than uh, like. Then they're gonna go with the role of the second base when they're gonna play. Uh, what's his nuts at short? Uh, Torres. Yeah, Clyber Torres will play. Huh? Right, I'm saying, well, that's that's a team that needs a shortstop. They would bring Iglesias, maybe to platoon that. 
And then another. I'd like a guy that would do a little bit else for me, and I don't think Jose Iglesias. That's why Machado is going to go in there and bet. Oh yeah, by the way, Manny Machado. He's supposed to be meeting with him. Nobody really quality is going to go anywhere until Manny signs somewhere too. Mm-hmm. Bryce Harper's not Manny's not going to go until Bryce Harper sets the market, so we're all kind of in a holding pattern here. Mm-hmm. But you lot, you didn't tender James McCann. Woo. Good, dude sucks. <laughs> yeah, guess what? You can see him nineteen times this year. He's with the White Sox, or at least until he gets DFA'd in May. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> Guys, I, I, there's so many people I know that are upset. Oh my god, I like James McCann. What, I liked him because he thought he was a nice guy or something? Yeah, no, I mean, it's, it's because just, he's a white dude that they could pronounce his name. He, he basically <laughs> was the next uh, freaking, uh, what's his, uh, Kelly. Don, Don Kelly? Don Kelly. No, Donnie, no that's Nico that. Goodrum. Oh, that's Nico Goodrum. Oh god, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Nico Goodrum is a nice bench player. He won't kill you at about six defensive spots. And he won't run into a lot of them, but when he hit, runs into a ball, it goes at least into the gap. I know, he's a switch hitter, too. There you go. I mean, he won't kill you defensively at second, third, first, or in the outfield. No, I mean, he's an average defender. I don't even call it that. He's, he's, he's not good, but at the same time, it's not like you're playing Pudge at second base. That'd be interesting. <laughs> so, with that being said... This sort of team in the stage where they are in a rebuild, you're not going to see a lot of action out of these guys until, especially in the way rosters are built now, you're not going to see anything out of these guys until late January, early February, where you've got some of those mid-tier or reclamation projects that have been holding out for major league deals. Mm-hmm. You'll be able to you know, get a guy like, uh, it was pretty rare, like a guy like Matt Moore signed as early as he did. Mm-hmm. That must mean that a couple of teams checked in with Matt Moore, or at least his agent convinced the Tigers that that was the case. And you know what? We would normally wait for this guy until like February, but you know what? Let's just uh, let's just bite the bullet and do it now. Mm-hmm. That's the kind of guys that you're going to expect to sign the rest of the year. Expect another utility infielder to be kind of veteran utility guy to be brought in to compete for a roster spot. Mm-hmm. It's currently right now your organizational depth at shortstop is Pete Cosmo. Yeah, that's bad. Ugh. Um, and Willie Castro's mentioned that he's not going to be he's not, coming in until like late next year. I would expect him in, in June or July at the earliest. At the absolute earliest, it wouldn't be surprised if he's not until September. Well, that's the thing, too. Mm-hmm. I mean, people people are complaining about the Jody Mercer signing in again. I mean, it's they're not going to go out and they're not going to sign Manny Machado. No. Obviously, they're not bringing back Jose Iglesias, which mm-hmm. you said, Dorf. He may end he up wouldn't signing him anyway. Yeah. Um, so this, this is surprised if he doesn't end up in like the KBO for a year. Yeah. So this is this is the type of signing that you do. You, you, this you is sign, a good, to me. It's a good sign. You, you sign a guy who's going to be able to help get you to that next guy within your organization. Mm-hmm. That next guy is going to be ready come opening day. Well, another 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 guy like that. You guys that had major league contracts last year that had decently high expectations are in their late twenties that didn't have good years. That's the kind of guys you're going to be looking mm-hmm. at, but they've had good years before. So like a like a guy I can think of a good name off the top of my head. He pitched in Kansas City a little bit last year. Is Brandon Maurer, mm-hmm. guy that throws hard for whatever reason, just never really misses bats, and he got rocked last year. But still got that potential if you can mm-hmm. figure it out how to spin the ball and miss some bats here a bit. Guy could turn into something that you then flip again for a piece down the line. I mean, if you look at that, look at look at like Brandon Morrow was a couple years ago for the Dodgers. Dude came in on a minor league deal. And all of a sudden, oh, by the way, you got $40 fucking million as a free agent pitcher to sign with the Cubs. <laughs> and got hurt again in classic Brandon Morrow fashion. But that's the kind of guy that you're looking at. You're, you're not looking at, you're not going to get a, a t- guy that, A, wants to go play for a winner because this is his mm-hmm. last contract. You're going to get a guy that's over the hill, like Ian Kinsler signed two years and $8 million with the yeah, uh, Padres. Padres. Mm-hmm. He's a bridge player because they've got a pretty exciting prospect that's about a year and a half away at second base. I believe his uh, last name's Urias, but I, I forget his first name. But that's the kind of guy that you're going to sign. And unfortunately, those guys, not unfortunately, those guys just don't sign until late January, early February. Mm-hmm. Now, do you guys think they'll bring in another catcher? Because currently, catchers on the 40-man are Griner and John Hicks. Um, although Ron Gardenhire counted his off-season comments and availabilities, hinted it. He wants to carry three guys he can catch. Mm-hmm. And that being like one of them being John Hicks, where you can also use him in like designated hitter mm-hmm. first base. Um, that's kind of the idea. So they currently 
don't really have that third guy on the roster. Mm-hmm. So look for them to sign a catcher. Yeah. Like a Jonathan Lucroy. See, I think a Martin Ma- Maldonado. Ma- Matt Wieters. Matt Wieters. And Matt Wieters is also a guy that's played a little bit first base. Right, exactly. That's why I think he'd be the best fit. But at this, in Matt Wieters' case, he's still kind of a guy that is a guy that you could catch on with a contender in a platoon role where you're going to have to wait for everybody else to tell him no before he'll show mm-hmm. up here. Same thing with like Jonathan Lucroy. Mm-hmm. Really, I was a big fan of Jonathan Lucroy. He forgot how to offense from the last year and a yeah. half. So um, ever since his trip to Colorado where he forgot, forgot how to, you know, he didn't bring his bats with him, mm-hmm. um, left him in Milwaukee. But, that, you know, that's... That's the kind of guy you're going to have to sign. But here's another example. like The catcher position is defensively really, really important. Look at the teams that were competitive this year. Like Milwaukee. Your catchers were Eric Kratz, who's been about on about 25 teams mm-hmm. in 12 years, and Manny Pena, who, oh, by the way, you traded out of your minor league system for a bag of used baseballs and didn't make his major league debut until I think he was 27 or 28. Mm-hmm. Like, and that that was their catching tandem this year. And look how far they went. Austin's catching tandem wasn't all that great, especially offensively. No. Yankees catching tandem, well, Gary Sanchez forgot how to hit. So yeah. they weren't all that I mean, Austin Romine and I forget, Kyle Hisagoa or however you say Something it. like that, yeah. Neither of those guys can hit the front side of the barn. So you don't necessarily need a great offensive catcher, but when you carry three that eliminates the risk where you can then pinch hit for a guy in a spot mm-hmm. and not be fucked if the guy you bring in afterwards gets hurt. Yeah. And plenty of teams, especially like the A's that brought in, for example, like Chris Herman to be their like second slash third catcher because mm-hmm. he can also play the corner outfield. That'd be a kind of the type of guy that you're going to be looking for to fill that third world, whether that's John Hicks and his flexibility to play a adequate first base. <laughs> um, or maybe, you know, a Chris Herman type. I mean, the the, the perfect guy is like uh, Isaiah Kiner-Falefa mm-hmm. in, um, in Texas, but he's not going anywhere. He catches and plays second base. But that's the kind of guy you're going to try and find here mm-hmm. or, you know, cultivate within your organization. Um, which they don't currently have in their, within the organization. So, no. And to kind of bridge the gap to maybe you haven't attempted a, a full-time or mostly full-time guy in the organization, that being Jake Rogers. He may be the next shot at that, and he's probably at least a year away. So, anything else here, guys, on the Tigers? Mm-mm. Apparently Nick Catasolanos has been dangled, and there ain't much action on this. Yeah, so. that ain't gonna, nothing's going to change until the trade deadline. Braves have reportedly been interested, somewhat interested in Nick Castellanos, but that's pretty much that's pretty much Where it. Put it. I don't know. I don't know. They don't, I mean, they couldn't move him back to third because you got Donaldson there. He's not going to play first base because there's Freddie Freeman. You've got Acuna is going to play one of the corners. You're not going to play him in center. Oh, definitely not. <laughs> um, yeah, it's a corner outfielder. They have Adam Duvall and Acuna. Corner Duvall. outfielder. No. Adam Duvall and Castellanos are pretty much the same. Well, Duvall doesn't hit for average at all. One other thing one other thing I would have been okay with though, as far as shortstops go, and this is gonna make Sean happy. We talked Dorf and I talked about it. I right? would I wouldn't have mind if they brought in Tulowitzki. I would not at all. I still wouldn't mind if they did yeah, that. They no. still do. I f- you know Because then you this gives you roster flexibility. See, because you can play mm-hmm. Tulowitz first, mm-hmm. you can play Tulowitz third, play with short. I've I've also heard rumors that the Yankees are in talk with them right now. See that would that would work. Mm-hmm. That would work for them. Mm-hmm. And I wouldn't blame them for doing that. Right. Yeah, buy low on him. Mm-hmm. Extremely low on Tulowitzki. He's getting and... paid $38 million. He just wants to get back on the field. It's going to cost you nothing. It's going to cost you a league minimum. Who cares? Yeah. You signed him a five-year, $5 million a year mm-hmm. deal, and you don't actually pay for anything over it's, the league it's, minimum. It's especially, you know what, though? It's especially beneficial, though, for a team like the Tigers, though, because they can go ahead and flip him at the trade deadline mm-hmm. if he's having a good Tulo's year. kind of got that flexibility where you can go to the contender. Sure. And mm-hmm. he, he gets to skip the uh, trade deadline carousel. So Yeah. To some sense, but he's also been hurt, and he has to prove himself a little bit here. A little bit, mm-hmm. but he's he, but he's uh, you know financial risk free. Right. Yes. So anyway, all right. Uh, anything else on the Tigers, guys? Mm-hmm. All right, we're gonna do a little bowl game preview here. We're gonna try and rush through this here because we've been going almost an hour. Um, Michigan. Let's start with Michigan here. They do play uh, on the twenty eighth. 
correct? Is it 29th? Talking about Michigan? Yeah. 29th. 29th. Yeah, because I have it written down here wrong. I didn't, yeah. I didn't change that. Uh, they played in the Peach Bowl mm-hmm. in Georgia. The, uh, well, Mercedes-Benz Stadium, home of the Falcons. Mm-hmm. Love Peaches. The Georgia Dome. Against uh, the University of Florida. Yep. This is what, two out of the last three years they met in a bowl game? Yeah, and they're 4-0 against them, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they met in the regular season the year before that. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, <clears throat> so Florida is actually a 7.5-point favorite, guys. Fair? Wait right. a second. Florida's a 7.5-point favorite? Florida minus 7.5. So I saw when I looked it up earlier. Okay. That doesn't make sense to me. Um, hold on a sec. Keep talking. Does that influence the, maybe the Google little score box there when you Google the Peach Bowl? It was lying to me, but keep talking. That's where yeah, I got it from. That doesn't make sense to me, but uh, there, there's no way that they're seven and a half favorite. There can't be. Even though we're going to get into the conversation here in a little bit, there's well, some players that are not playing, but still, it doesn't matter Like how good. Okay, apparently the box was wrong. Michigan is a 7 and a half. I was going to say. Okay, I was gonna, that threw me <laughs> off. I was like, Dude, it, it said when I looked it up at work, I'm like, I swear right. to God, I swear to God, Florida was not favored in this game. Staring okay, at Excel well, spreadsheets too long today. <laughs> I, I really did stare at a lot of Excel. <laughs> One big Excel sheet today for the entire day. But anyway, yes, Michigan is a 7 and a half point favorite. I apologize for that. Man, you were off today. Wrong bowl game, wrong day. I just hey, the, man, the I, point I favorites in a hurry trying to get out the door because <laughs> I was already late getting out. So uh, sorry. Michigan is a seven and a half point favorite. However, you could argue Florida played better ball down the stretch. Mm-hmm. Are the odds right? Who's you know what do you, what are we thinking here, guys? I think I, I'm I'm okay with I'm okay with the odds. Mm-hmm. Um, I think. Michigan, in a sense, was exposed. I think one thing that that Florida is going to do, it's going to be using a lot of those crossing routes that mm-hmm. uh, that Ohio State used against them, um, in their annihilation in that last regular season game of the of the year. Oh, so I expect something like that to happen this year. Um, I expect Michigan to do, you know, try to get ahead in this one, try to open things up a little bit with those. Uh, with those deep routes, trying to catch uh, like somebody to. like Donovan Peoples Jones down deep, um, Michigan though has to uh, has to plug the run. I mean, as cliche as that sounds, they have to plug the run. Florida has two guys, so they're going to mm-hmm. be able to throw at that Michigan uh, against that Michigan defensive line, who is going to be without Rashawn Gary. Rashawn Gary isn't mm-hmm. playing in this game. Um, he's done. He's Looking at, for yep, he's prepping for the draft. So that's if Michigan wants to come out on top, they have to stop the run. Michigan or Shea Patterson is and, this his last game? Yes, I'm gonna say no. Should it be no? No, Will it be maybe. Yeah, it definitely shouldn't be. Um, I think Shea Patterson's declaring for the draft kind of depends on some other guys. Well, they're glad they decide to go. Because arguably the top prospect of the position, Justin Herbert from Oregon, is not potentially not going to declare for the draft as a draft eligible junior. Mm-hmm. He's thinking about sticking around for his senior season uh, at Oregon. And with that being said, like if there's one other you know top tier quarterback, I don't even want to call Justin Herbert a top tier quarterback, but he is the best of the bunch. If he doesn't go, would that potentially could move Trichet way up a board by no other means that there's just a guy knock off the board? Um, would he consider going then? Maybe. He has no business going, though. Oh, I agree. No, he's not no even business close whatsoever. to being it. He's going to be a late fifth, maybe sixth round pick and on the practice squad. Um, well, if you're taking in the fifth, mom. I, I don't I think he'll go that late. I mean, you've seen less talented QBs go earlier. I mean, hell, Christian Ponder won number 12, but... EJ Manuel won the top in the first round too, but I mean he's he's not quite as bad as those. Two. I mean he's arguably an equal prospect to those two, and those guys were mid rounders who somehow snuck. EJ Manuel was the first quarterback off the board that year. Like, jeez. Um, Christian Ponder got taken because the Vikings flipped they out. They fucking panicked. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Four guys. I think four QBs were off the board ahead of him. They yeah. thought they'd have a pick of one of those four at number twelve, and they're like, oh shit. Took Christian Ponder, and he was out of the league in what three or four years. So. And so he's got a sugar mama and what's her name? Sam Ponder. So. 
the Wii Fit works for ESPN. <laughs> so, anywho, with that being said, I mean, Florida's, all Florida's three losses, guys, were also against top 25 teams at the time. They lost to Kentucky, Georgia, and LSU. Yes, Kentucky is in the top 25. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, we all saw how good, you know, premium tier Georgia is and um, what was it? They lost to Missouri. Missouri. Yeah, lost to Mizzou who was in the top 25 at the time. That's what it was. Um, Anyway, over under on this game is 50 and a half. Seems like pretty low, especially for a college game. If you guys were betting men, are you taking the over or the under here? Um, I'm taking the under. I think a defensive slugfest here. I don't think it's going to be a high scoring game. Okay. I'm going to say 28-21 Michigan, okay. so I'm going to go ahead and take the under. Barely under. Barely under, yep. Uh, I'm going to take I'm going to take the over, uh, but it'll be close. I mean, this is good over-under. It's right about where it should be, mm-hmm. where you're in conflict. Um, I think Florida's run defense isn't as good as they think it is. I think Michigan will be able to run the ball, but I don't think, especially with this long prepare and how bad Ohio State torched him in their last game. I think there's a lot of holes open in that secondary, especially with the, you know, arguably a half-strength Chase Winovich and no Rashawn Gary. There won't be enough pass rush to take away those crossing routes, which just torched him last game. You might have a uh, you know a high-scoring game here is what I'm trying to say. Felipe is, Franks is so much better than he was last year, too. Don't sleep on that Florida offense. I know they weren't like top-tier in the SEC, but they're, not, they're no slouch, man. That's the other thing, too, is, uh, you know, Faking has a big day. Um, I think it's going to be game over. I believe Michigan is undefeated this year when he's rushed for over 100 yards in a game. Mm-hmm. So um, if he goes off in this in this bowl game, then... They have to, they have to hit yeah. him hard. They have to come out strong. Yeah. It would be so Jim Harbaugh to, like, True Wilson gets the majority of the carries or something <laughs> like that. It would be so Jim Harbaugh. Chris Evans going out there. Yeah. Uh, anyway, um... So we're going to go to the Red Box Bowl, which played on New Year's Eve in Santa Clara, home of the 49ers, uh, being Michigan State and Oregon. They are a three-point or two-and-a-half-point dog, depending on who you ask. Michigan State Michigan is. Michigan State is. Um, mm-hmm. I have no faith in this game that it will go well. So I'm hoping for an offensive embarrassment, so the offensive staff will not be well, back on the bus. <laughs> that is my goal in this game as a Michigan State fan. Uh, I hate to say that. I hate to you know have the players be the casualties in that scenario, but uh, I hope the offensive staff uh, is uh, left in California. Well, the thing is with this Wait, game, I, I'll tell you what. I'll give them Greyhound tickets. <laughs> I wouldn't even let them. I wouldn't even fly them home, coach. I will give them Greyhound tickets. Well, the thing with this game or is, rental car is you're going. You're going to have. You're going to have a really, really good offense going up against a good defense. Michigan mm-hmm. State does have a good defense. The only yes, thing is. Is uh, Oregon has been tested this year against good defenses, and they've and they've prevailed. Mm-hmm. Um, with that said, I think that I don't I don't like that three point spread. I think I think Michigan State gets annihilated in I fact against the spread. Yeah, I hope they get whacked. I think this is going to be a game where you're looking at seven or above when it comes to how much Michigan State's going to lose by. I don't know quite I don't know if it's going to be quite the two possession game, but uh, Michigan State definitely loses by a touchdown here. I'm telling you right now, CJ Verdo will have at least 150 yards rushing. I'm calling it right now. Who's that? The running back Oregon's running back. I doubt that. I bet you get Oregon will shred them in the air. Oregon. I bet I bet well at first they will shred them in the air and then they're just going to run all over it. That doesn't happen. Okay, just wait. <laughs> Michigan State defenses don't get gashed on the ground. Um, with very rare exception. Um, no, I think they'll, I mean, you, you could very well have, I, I, Michigan State does not have the offense to have a Baylor, you know, Cotton Bowl style shootout like they did between, you know, Connor Cook and Bryce Petty there. Uh, but at the same time, I fully expect Oregon to move the, use that as a template and just move the ball down the field. Uh, at will, and I totally expect an Andrew Maxwell-esque performance out of the offense. Uh, where we'll, I, I wouldn't be surprised if something not like forty-two to ten, very similar to what Michigan State did to Washington State last year mm-hmm. in uh, whatever bowl game that was. <laughs> I forget what it was, but whatever that game was, I fully expect that to. Uh, that's if I had to pick a result, that that's my bet. It's going to be something like that. Sucks, but like you said, I think it's something that's that that has to happen. 
a poor offensive performance that kind of, that forces D'Antonio's hand. And maybe this is something where, you know, the athletic department comes and sits him down and says, look, D'Antonio. Dude, they've got a temporary stooge no, currently. I, I know. AD. That, that's not going to happen. Yeah, true. But Who, who is uh, Bill Beekman? Yeah. Is he, he's, is, this isn't Mark Hollis here where he's been there, done that, and done well. Okay, well, maybe this opens up D'Antonio's eyes on his own, even they, though we haven't seen that yet. But maybe this opens his eyes up on his own and says, you know, okay, I can't, I can't go forward anymore with the Dave Warner and whoever else is, you know, whatever high school offensive coordinator I'm running here. Um, so I don't know. Yeah. I'm with you though. I hope, I hope, I hope they do get a nine over under forty eight here. I'm going to take the over. I'll take the over, too. Over. And obviously, most of that's going to be coming from Oregon's. So. <laughs> um, I think, quite honestly, Justin Herbert has a big game. That's his coming out party to clutch the draft in the postgame. And we all ride off into the sunset. And he's the first quarterback off the board. Um, continuing their their uh, bull streak, playing against the number one quarterback off the board, they've also recently recent memory, relatively recent memory, played Matt Stafford and Matt Ryan in the year right before they went off the top of the board. Uh, Matt Ryan went third overall and Stafford went number one in the year that they played uh, Michigan State. So Keep the trend going. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, also uh, anything else to your guys on that? Nope. Alright, cut room floor here. Uh, Ron and Mario both say tearful goodbyes on social media saying that they and uh, who cares don't let the door hit you ass on the way out you were stale anyway um, and Ferris loses in the Division 2 national title game 49-47 going for two in the final minute to tie and were unsuccessful um, and also Eastern Michigan loses their bowl game that being the Camellia Bowl here on Saturday 23-21 on a walk-off field goal by Georgia Southern it's okay Eastern second year going to a bowl yeah, game good, good season Hey, that's fine. Honestly, if you, I think they lost one. One of their, they ended up with six losses on the year, seven and six final record. And one of them was by more than a touchdown. All right. Uh, they lost several games this year in overtime or walk-off field goals. One thing, though, back to that Rod Mario thing. Why the fuck are people petitioning to bring yeah, back Mario? I, why? Why? Well, because he's because he wasn't the because he's the white guy. <laughs> Is he? That's some of it. <laughs> But he wasn't. He wasn't. The public doesn't view him as the aggressor. Mm-hmm. Why does he get fired for getting beaten up? Beaten up? Because you weren't good enough at your job to bring back to in this whole situation. It's a great time to change announcers when the expectations are low. Yeah, yeah. and Matt uh, Shepard's not the answer, you guys. No, absolutely not. Couldn't they just like create like a, a simulator just to have Ernie <laughs> Harwell's voice in it still? And just, dude, like, honestly, <laughs> give give some technology. AI bot programmer enough time and uh, enough of a backlog of uh, the only thing you'd be challenged with is with new player names. But I'm sure they could come up with something that sounds relatively yeah. human with given enough time. <laughs> Just have a simulcast between the radio and the uh, TV, TV. Like the Dodgers did with mm-hmm. Scully. Yeah. Just do that. Who cares? Mm-hmm. The only problem is you can't. CBS has the radio rights. Yeah, that's true. Fox has the TV rights. How many people are going to be fucking falling asleep? It's about to be ABC's going to have the TV rights. Well, that's why you mute it and just... You're going to have Kirk Gibson and Matt Shepard doing games. Oh, my God. Craig Monroe filling in And Mickey York. Oh, my God. Oh, Mickey York is the... I hate Mickey York. TV guy, but... His voice is annoying. Host game, No, and... You know what? I wouldn't be surprised if they don't trot out, you know, relatively recent retirees for like ten game spurts. Like mm-hmm. a guy like Brandon Injury, like an Andy Dirks gets a ten game run on a tryout basis, essentially. Or Between selling houses, man. yeah. You know, plugs and plugs. Selling houses. He's now doing private lessons. And I know, I know. Yeah. Brandon Injury, too. So anyway, anything else, guys? No. Nope. All right, that's it. That's all. Episode 175 of Motor City Uncut is complete. This is our last episode for the year of 2018. Do we have a first scheduled episode in 2019 yet? Not yet. I've got to look it over. Okay. That being said, see y'all in 2019. It's been real. Thanks for joining us. See y'all next time.